All right, guys, welcome to episode 16 of the Self Love Effect podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings. And this week is very different and special. Not that I'm taking away from all the other episodes, but it's very different. Um, And we'll be having our special guest will be sharing not just her journey, but that of her brothers. So before I introduce her, I want to read you guys something he left behind for her to read. Um, It is one of her most prized possessions that she has and holds dear to her heart. Love you, big sis. So proud of you and your accomplishments. Keep working hard and it will all pay off. When one day you look back on all this, you're one of my heroes and role models. Don't be scared to make mistakes. Love you. Keep working hard. Love your little bra. With me today, I have Shree Parker and a badass mama. Jackie Donnelly, and I am so happy to have you here, but most importantly for you to have a platform as well to share your story and that of your little brothers who you have a memorial uh, memorial wad coming up for him in June. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) So excited to have you. Um, So tell us, I know you have a memorial wad, but I want you before we kind of dive into Joe's story and get to know him a little bit more and you uh, better. Tell us, you know, first thing about this wad that you have and where can people find and sign up for it? All right. So um, actually this started um, the year after he passed away. I started a, um, a fundraiser. We did a cornhole tournament and it was really fun, but I'm not very good at organizing things like that. And, um, it was just very hard and I couldn't do it every year. So I'm like, what can I do that embodies, um, something he enjoyed too, which was working out. We like to work out together. Um, that could help benefit people going through recovery, um, that are battling addiction right now. And also get a lot of people involved to make a difference, not just, um, you know, for people that are, that are in this battle with addiction, but also, um, something fun and for your fitness and health and your mental health. Cause you know, that's what it is. It's a mental disease. Um, so I contacted, um, Seb actually, I, cause I was like, Hey, I need someone to help me write something. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know. I need somebody to say, Hey, here's a good scheme. Let's do this. You know, and he helped me, you know, put some numbers together, numbers that meant things to us and everything else, um, which is actually in the link for the sign up, all the information. Um, so that link is on my Instagram profile. Um, I don't know if you can, you'll just link it to this too, probably, but he helped me, you know, get all that stuff going for, for the wad. Um, see, now I'm blank. I blanked out a little bit. No, it's okay. So you can find her at. At Miss underscore Jack Jacked. Well, J A C K D. So I mean she is Jack, though. I mean it kind of goes with her. <laughs> um so yeah, so sign up if you haven't already. You can also purchase a headband, which yeah, I'm like headbands, yep. Um super I'm like cool. contemplating the black or gray one, and I'm like, might as well just get both because I, I can't make I know. And I like, I have (laughs) everything. So I'm like, something different or should I just stick with who I am as a person? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So tell us how it all started, where it all started. Um, Because obviously, when we lose someone of overdose, that those people that are left behind also do suffer. And that's not something we talk about too much. Um, we'll talk about, you know, obviously the person's death and how, you know, what they suffered from, but, you know, we're, we'll dive into how you were affected as well as being his big sister, but tell us how it all started for Joe. So take us down that road. Um, all right. So Joey was always pretty, um, shy, uh, just reserved kind of guy, you know, um, very funny though. You know, he's one of those people that like when he said something that was hilarious and you were just like, how, like, how did you even think of that? Um, <laughs> but otherwise he was just really quiet, you know? So he, he 
grew up through the years in high school and stuff and sports and he came into his personality and and he became pretty popular with a lot of people just because he was so nice. He'd do anything for anyone. He played all the sports. Um, his big ones were football and track. He was awesome with track. Um, and he actually started going to school to be a firefighter and he hurt his back. Um, this was all just, you know, very quick, like hurt his back, had to have surgery, doctor yeah. prescribed, you know, the opiates for the pain relief after surgery. And that's, I mean, even at the time, I mean, that's just, it was normal. Like it right. was, your doctor told you to do this, you do it. Like I would not think anything of it. I don't, I mean, that's just who I am, I guess. Um, I f- believe that they have their, my best interest in mind. Right, right. Um, so he did as, as told and what people don't realize. And I think, um, this needs to be reiterated is when you take an opiate or, or something of that nature, the first time you take it, it can change your brain chemistry. Like it can physically change your brain. Um, and that is how addiction starts in some people. It's different in a lot of people. Um, but with him, I believe that that's how it happened because of his personality and, you know, where, where he wanted to do in life and where he was going. Um, I believe it was a very quick change that, um, just grabbed hold of him and it just pulled him down. Um, so he took the, the pills that were prescribed to him and then maybe a year went by or so and he would still have back pain. Um, I'm not sure. I can't tell you what exactly was going on behind the scenes because, you know, that's a story that he took with him. Um, but he must have been getting some kind of pills from somewhere and he was ashamed of it. So, you know, he obviously didn't tell anyone and he hid it and, um, that just wasn't him. That wasn't his personality. That wasn't maybe to other people, but not to me. Like he told me everything. He was my absolute best friend, told me everything. So for him to not come to me and say that he had a problem or he needed help was just really scary. Um, so he, I don't know if, if there was like a lull in that or anything, but when we started noticing some changes in him, you know, my mom started Googling, like, what is going on? These symptoms, like he's having, like, you know, he's like, he's itching or he'd like start nodding off. Like he'd be falling asleep and stuff, just super weird. And like, now you think like, oh, I've heard that. This is like, duh, how did you not know that? But at the time we had no inkling, like zero clue what's, I mean, at all. Like, I was like, I don't know what's like, I don't know what's going on with him. And my mom's like, do you do you think it could possibly be heroin? And I'm like, <laughs> no, like, you know, like, like, like almost laughing at it. Like, that's ridiculous. I cannot believe you even like, what are you reading right now? Right. That is <laughs> you know, him. Yeah. Not, that's not like, that's not our family. It's not our community. Like, ew, like, I can't believe you even said that word. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's where I was at. That's where we were at. And at the time too, you weren't hearing about it all over the place. Like, like I barely even knew what that was. Like, you know what I mean? It was like in movies and this and that from my community. And I feel blessed to be able to say that. Like, I don't want to, you know, sound like anything, but, um, she said that. And within three weeks, I believe he overdosed twice. And the one time, the first time I was at the gym my mom called me and said, I need you to come to the hospital. Your brother overdosed. And she kind of said it like, I mean, she was clearly upset, but we it was more like confusion and like just being scared and, and not knowing what was going on. Like, what do you mean? Like, how do we know that? Who, like what? Right. So um, went to the hospital, the police were there and the one cop was actually whole, like choking back tears. 
when he was talking to my mom, because he just said, you know, like I, I deal with this stuff a lot. I, you know, we see this a lot. He's like, you can just tell he's, he's a good person. He's a good kid. And, and, you know, he's, he's like, I just see my kids when I look at him and I'm talking to him and it was just, it was a hard thing, <laughs> you know, seeing somebody, especially like a cop who deals with it a lot say that. Um, so after that, that time, you know, Joey was like, I can't believe, you know, I, that happened that whatever we're, we're going home. I'm so sorry. You know, he was bawling and hugging us. And like, I, he, he's like, that's not me. I don't, I don't do that. Da, 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 you know, and we didn't understand addiction at the time, like we do now. And we're like, you know, this is, this isn't a joke. Like you better like get your stuff together. Like we're not doing this again. Um, and then maybe a week or two after that, um, I was in class and instead of going from class to the gym, which I was going to do, I, the weirdest thing ever, I decided to stop home. Um, I don't even know why I wanted to stop home now. Like I, it was just so random. And I came in and I found him laying on the couch and his lips were turning blue. And I have never seen anyone overdose before. Like I didn't know what was going on. I just knew he wasn't breathing, but he was like snoring. Like it was like he was sleeping, but I couldn't wake him up. And I remember I was like, hitting him to the point, you know, cause I was so scared and I'm like, wake up. Like I was like smacking him and I called 911 and, um, the dispatcher had me doing CPR and, and she called, you know, the paramedics and everything to come and they all came and, uh, you know, they gave him shots of Narcan. It was like multiple shots and they took him to, um, the, one of the main hospitals here and he was in ICU for about a week. Um, we weren't sure if he was going to have brain damage at that time. Even them saying that was like, I felt like I was watching a TV show. Like, yeah. like, no, like my, like, that's my brother. Like he's like, that's my brother. That's my best friend. That's nothing bad, bad can happen to him, you know? Um, but he finally like woke up and was responsive and was able to function normally. And when we were at the hospital, he wouldn't even, this is going to be a hard part because like, this is where I saw like his heart really showing through. Like he, um, he wouldn't even open his eyes. He wouldn't look at us. He kept his eyes shut for a whole day. And I was like scared because I was like, why, like, open your eyes and look at me. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you okay? Can you not see? Do your eyes start? You know, I don't know. I don't know any of this. And he just, he said he couldn't look at me. He said he was embarrassed. He was ashamed. And, um, you know, that was really hard. And uh, I spent some time there. I just crawled in his hospital bed with him and, just slept, just laid there, just laid with them, and and I was just scared, you know. Then, um, when he finally came home from the hospital, we all took turns, you know, staying home with him because, you know, that addiction it changes your brain. You want you're gonna do it. You're gonna do anything you can do to get it. Right. It feels like you can't breathe, and that drug is air. So we were like, we can't let people come over. We can't let him have a phone, computer, what any kind of communication. Like we have to stay here. Like it sucks, but like, that's what it is. You know, I told him, I'm like, you can be mad at me. You can hate me. You can do anything. I'm like, but I want you to be alive tomorrow. And he, um, you know, he was crying and, and we were hugging and, and I just was like, I can't like, like you are my person. Like you can't leave me. You need to figure this out and we're going to figure it out together. And you don't need to be ashamed. You know, this is, this is something you're, you're unable to control in your brain and we're going to be here for you and we're going to fix it. And, um, you know, he said, we were both living, living with my mom at the time. And, um, he turned on the TV and, you know, I went to bed and I said, I love you. Good night. And the next morning, like in my, in my bio that you read, 
my mom was making pancakes and I said, let me go wake Joey up um, for breakfast. And I went down there and I opened his door and I just saw him and I knew that he was gone. And um, that's like something, I, you know, people think about the addict and the overdose and the, you know, this and that about the person. And all I could see was my baby brother. You know, I felt like I was supposed to be the person that would, that would protect him from things like this. I was supposed to be his role model. You know, that's all I could think is that's my little brother. That's my, that's like, I'm alone now. And, um, I can hear the sound of his room. I can smell the wood from his room. Just everything about that moment is just engraved in my brain. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously his, his death and, and everything affects me every morning. I wake up and remember, you, you know what I mean? You wake up, you have to wake up in the morning. You have to remember that they're gone. And, um, on top of that, like that moment, you know, I'm dealing with PTSD from like the family members struggle so hard after they lose someone in ways that I think a lot of people don't think about, you know, every day I'm thinking my, my, my babies, my girls aren't ever going to know their uncle. I think it's beautiful that, um, you're keeping a part of him alive and that you're having the courage not just to talk about it, but to bring awareness to something like opioids that people don't even think twice about. Like you said, like, oh, we could trust the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, they prescribe it to us when we leave the hospital. It must be okay. Um, that was my train of thought. That's how I yeah. used to think. Yeah. And now, but you telling his story. And not just being on here, but, you know, now the whole street parking community gets to um, remember him and, and you're bringing awareness to something that, you know, you would think that the people in power would be, bring awareness to and they're not doing anything about it. Because like I was telling you prior before starting the podcast, you can't even find accurate numbers for overdose in 2020 and then they go as far back as 2017. Why are, why is this not being talked about enough? Um, right. The headlines, you know, shifted and, um, right. it wasn't affecting, um, it wasn't affecting people the same way. Right. But then we have families like you that are still wake up every morning and your loved one isn't going to come back. Your loved right. one isn't here to make, create memories and, and, to live a life with you and get to meet your, you know, your girls and build, you know, a life with you guys. A big thing to me about doing these fundraising events and, and, um, bringing awareness is, is, you know, to give people help and hope. But I also so badly with this type of thing, just want to remove the stigma mm -hmm. associated with addiction because, I get it. Like before I understood this kind of, um, route, I guess you could say, um, before I, I saw it happen this way, I mean, I didn't get it. And I thought, you know, like morally, like who are these people? But I feel like since we lived it, we went through it and I know my brother, I know my brother's heart and, um, I know what he went through. I feel like it's my duty to stand up and let other people know it doesn't always happen the way you think it happens. It doesn't affect the people you maybe think it affects. Um, a big thing is, well, it's a choice. Well, maybe it's a choice, but the choice was to take a prescribed medication, which I would have done. Right. You know, it wasn't a choice to party. You know what I mean? Um, that's not how it started. I don't, you know, it choice is a very, I don't know that that word just, it bothers me now since all of this has happened. It's hard to describe 
it's just hard to describe it. Well, like you said, it wasn't your brother. And we, we like, we stigmatize a lot of things. And that's the one thing, oh, you must be addicted because you either hung out with the wrong crowd or you right, just exactly. like to party. Um, but when you go, I pulled up some statistics off the National Institute on Drug Abuse, and it's even clearly laid out on there that it's a public health crisis. So in the nine, 1990s, pharmaceutical companies reassured the medical community that patients wouldn't become addicted to any prescribed opiate. They pain relievers, they said, no, it's impossible. They'll, they'll heal, they'll feel better, and then they'll go along with their lives. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not what happened. They became addicted. They became, and then overdose rates began to increase. So we just see the number increasing um, more and more every year. Just, and then with COVID going on last year, like you said, we, the headlines shifted um, and me, the media is just centered around certain topics, rep- repetitive topics, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about the overdose crisis that more people engaged in the misuse of drugs last year because they were kept at home. Um, they became mm-hmm. more addicted. They, they were, you know, you know, when you're bored, you know, as kids, we think, oh, we're bored. We'll go draw on the wall. It seems mm-hmm. fun, right? Well, as adults too, we get bored and, oh, what can we do now? Oh, oh, so-and-so is doing this. Oh yeah, I guess I'll try it. Why not? Right. So right. the numbers increased even more. You're looking at 50,000 people in the United States alone in 2019. And now the numbers was, let me pull up the correct number on the CDC, which I don't even know if it's accurate, but it was 81,000 last year in overdose alone. Um, yeah, that's, I just, that's, the thing is, too, is when he was in the hospital, the doctors, I mean, a handful of doctors and nurses, treated him terribly. Standing there, myself, my mom, my dad, standing there, listening to these doctors talk to my brother like he's stupid in front of us because they were, I, I don't know, like they were annoyed that they had to waste their time almost, you know? Yeah. Um, And then we left the hospital with no information, no nothing, no, who do we turn to? You know, my mom's Googling things. Who do we call? What do we do? What I, I, we don't know anything. We don't know. We don't know anyone that has anything to do with this field of, of information or, or help or resources or anything. So we were just alone. Um, And then on top of that, this is, I'm sorry, like I'm not, <laughs> I feel like I'm just like word vomiting everything no, out. No, it's fine. Um, two years ago, yeah, about two, two and a half years ago, um, my father also overdosed and passed away. And I, I mean, he, he had his own battle um, for a long time that, uh, you know, growing up, we weren't aware of. This, this was not, um, this was not a troubled, you know, childhood or anything. My family was very loving. Um, my parents were divorced, but they both, they were friends basically. Um, my brother and I just grew up in a very loving family and this, this was, we didn't know about it growing up. Um, but as I got older, I kind of, you know, figured things out. And I think when we lost my brother, it was, uh, I mean, it's my brother, but as a parent now, I, I can't even begin to imagine like losing a child. Um, then I just, I don't know, watching my, watching my parents go through that. And then now losing my dad to it as well. It's like, well, half my family's gone now, you know, over something that nobody's even talking about anymore. And when they do talk about it, I feel like I have to defend the reasons why. And I just don't feel like I should have to do that all the time. I just wish people would understand that things happen different ways. Right. And again, I feel like you're being an advocate um, for the voiceless. Because like you said, there's, there is a lot of people suffering on that are currently suffering. And then someone like your brother who 
was too ashamed. Um, I felt embarrassed to tell you guys, um, you know, someone that was loving and stood out and was just compassionate and then being prescribed a drug that he got hooked onto. Um, and then not having the correct resources to help him. Cause it wasn't until a day later that you guys received a call that there was a bed available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For and, um, and for recovery. Yeah. And, and then it was, I know it was um, so hard for my mom to get that call too, you know, like, Hey, we have a bed open now to help your son, you know, and, and her have to sit there and tell them, well, you're too late. He died. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, you would think that they would have more, if somebody's willing um, to go to recovery, right. There should be room made because you're not forcing the person because at the end of the day, they have to be willing to step in there and change their life. But right. Right. If they are willing, I just feel like that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Um, and the fact that, you know, we have all these hospitals, especially in my area, we have a ton of hospitals and, um, a lot of resources now that I have been looking, but you literally have to dig for them. And then they don't have the funds to take in the amount of people that need the help. Um, and then when they do, this was, this is a huge thing for Hope United. This is why I'm supporting them so much is because people that are going to rehab, you know, they leave there, they go home, they basically just get spit out of this place, which is incredible that they went, you know, in the first place, um, got the help, whatever. But when you leave, what do you do? You go back to your old life, um, and the addiction, the temptation, it's, it's there. People, relapse and they overdose because their bodies weren't used to what they were doing before. So there's a higher rate of death then. But Hope United is building an aftercare facility basically. Um, So they are offering support to people in active recovery. They're offering support to people who have been through recovery, who maybe they are 10 years sober, you know, um, they're there for those people still. And they're encompassing, you know, the mind, the body and the spirit. They have all the bases covered. Um, It's just a really beautiful thing that they are, you know, building, putting together. And it's just, it needs the funds. It needs people to understand how important it is. trying to like um so for somebody who has lost a sibling or who has lost somebody so special to them um what would you tell them because I feel like most people rather not speak about it and lately um from your post and what you've posted in leading into June um you've been very vocal about it and I don't think like you said most people don't like, may not talk about it because they don't want to have to defend, especially if mm-hmm. it was, you know, something similar to your brother's uh, story. But what, what would you tell them? I mean, I know maybe somebody's listening and maybe they have lost or are, have a family member that, or a sibling that's currently going through uh, addiction. Well, for somebody who has lost, lost a sibling, Um, I would want people on the outside to know, and I, I think this is for a lot of people. I won't say for everyone, but I know that my family and I, we love to talk about Joey. Um, I've had a lot of people be afraid to bring it up or ask me if it's okay to bring it up, um, bring him up or kind of like try and feel it out, but talking about them making their memories come alive again is what makes our hearts happy. We like to talk about him. He's not, he hasn't disappeared. He's still my brother. I still want my daughters to know 
who he was, you know? Um, I think that's very therapeutic to talk about them. So I would want people to reach out and just ask, or like maybe tell funny stories. I love when people tell stories about my brother or text me, be like, saw this reminding me of him. And it's like something just stupid and funny, you know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) that makes me want to laugh and cry but (laughs) some of the dumbest like things like my friends have sent me about something that reminded me of him reminded them of him and it was just you know it just makes my heart so happy that his memory is still alive um but as for people that are dealing with a family member that is in active recovery or even refusing recovery still and just in that state of mind where they're just in a hole and they're lost and they don't know what to do. You can't, you literally cannot stop. Like every second matters to these people. Every second that goes by their mind is thinking, I need to get this drug. I need to get this drug. I need to get this drug. I can't breathe. I'm going to die. Like I need, like I have to have this. So you have to think about that. You have to remember, like, you can't just be like, well, call them tomorrow or, you know, I'm, I'll give them some, t- I'll give them some space, some time. Like that's the worst thing you can do. And they might hate you. They might get mad at you. You might annoy the crap out of them, but that's what they need to survive. That's what they need in their life to, you know, to live, to see the next day. And then how have you, what things have you done is, um, I'm not going to assume this. I'll ask you, um, is, has fitness been like a part of that recovery process? I know you say you suffered from PTSD from the day you found him, um, because you were the first one to find him. Um, but what things have you done to help you recover as a, as a sister? So, um, I was definitely into fitness, uh, before, like I said, Joey and I would work out together and this and that. But, um, when he passed away, I took about a month off just cause I couldn't even just function in life. I don't even remember that time. Um, but when I came back to, back to the gym, back to working out, I, I use that as, I don't want to say this, but like anger was basically my pre-workout. Like I came into the gym like mad. Like I, and I, and not every day, but I do sometimes still when I start a workout, I'm just so full of like that negative energy. And I'm just yeah. so angry with people. And and I just, without working out, my mental health would be absolute trash. It has just really really been a game changer. Like it's not even the same thing as it used to be for me. You know, it used to be, I just want the muscles and like (laughs) fun and you know, like I just, you know, that's just who I was. But, um, I mean, I'm still that person too, but like, I also like, I, I can't, I can't function if I don't relieve this, this anger and stress and sadness inside of me. And honestly, like, you know, when you're working out and you're like at the end of your rope and you're just like, I don't, I cannot do one more. Like I am going to just pass out. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, I just think like all the time of like my dad and brother, cause they were, they'd always like try and make me tough, you know, and stuff. And, and don't be a sissy. Come on. Like you can do more. Like, don't be such a girl. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> they would say something like that to me. So I'd be like, thinking of that, that stuff, you know, when I'm working out and, um, I want to give up and I'm like, you know, Joey would be telling me like, that's all you got. Come on, you can do more. And then on top of that, I think, you know, I get to do this, all these hard things in life, like not just working out, but like, you know, my, my kids, when I'm so tired and I'm stressed and, and you know, there's just life is happening and everything that's just stressful and hard. And, and I just think like, I get to do this. Like I get to be part of this life still And my brother, my dad don't get to be here anymore. They don't, they don't have a choice in this hard decision that I have to make. You know, I, I thank God that I, I'm still able to do the hard things. And that usually gets me through the hard things. And I think that's, um, like, I know this quotes, these quotes and stuff go around a lot, but, um, 
people that are the strongest or the toughest or whatever usually don't know that they're that way until they were forced into that situation. And I think that goes for everybody. You are way stronger than you think you are because when you don't have a choice, I mean, you just have to survive. It makes you a different person, makes you a better person. Yeah, you grow. A lot of self-growth comes out of it. It does. Um, I'm going to ask you this question, and hopefully I don't ask it the right way. (laughs) Have you come to terms of, like, forgiving yourself in regards to it wasn't your fault? Uh, You were his role model. You were his big sister, but it wasn't because of you. Um, cause I know you had to mention it that when yeah. have you had, have you come to healing or terms that, um, you did everything in regards to loving your brother? Um, because it sounds like you guys had, um, such a close relationship. You were best friends, but have you come to make amends with yourself? I don't know if I um, worded that right. Yeah, I I I have for the most part. I think that there's just always, no matter what, going to be things that I'm just gonna kick myself over. And it's because I didn't understand the disease then. I didn't get it. I didn't get the whole picture. I didn't understand what we were up against. Um and because of that, I have been able to forgive a lot of my pain and anger towards myself um, because I didn't get it. I didn't understand. If I could go back now with what I know, I mean, I I probably wouldn't forgive myself at all. Um, I just, you have to, you have to forgive yourself or you won't, you won't make it. I'm, I like to believe that, uh, Everything happened the way it did with all of us trying everything that we knew to do at the time. Um, So if you focus on something like that, like I should have done this or that, I mean, it'll just eat away at you. And I let it do that sometimes. Like, don't get me wrong. Some days it does. And that's that anger that I bring, you know, into the gym or whatever. But, um, I mean, I believe that he was battling something that he just, he got tired. He got too tired and God was like, I'm going to bring you home because your battle's over and I need to comfort you now. And now you're, you still keep his light alive because it was like we mentioned, it wasn't because he got into the wrong crowd about part of it. Um, I think bringing awareness and bringing awareness to where you live um, and to others and then works, you know, with street parking being created and then you get to share it with your SP family and then us bringing to light and together um, we get to celebrate your brother. Um, But I think what you're doing, it doesn't just take courage, it takes strength because not many people can sit here and talk about it um, because it it made it have destroyed them. They might be embarrassed by it. They might just not, you know, like it's like most people don't go to the cemetery every week, you know, it's forgotten, Mm -hmm. but you as his big sister, but I think personally, I know that, you know, being a believer, but that he's looking down on you today um, and he's smiling and thanking you because obviously this this problem isn't going to stop until we all bring awareness to the situation. Um, And that was what you had said in a post um, where you had said, share my event. You know, I see you scrolling past i see you watching my stories i see you talk taking the time to share funny memes 
And then you said, is it going to hurt you to take a few seconds to share this to maybe reach someone who can, who it can save? And that's right. I mean, we take the time to put some stupid TikTok video. um, But when it comes to sharing, whether it's a friend's post or a complete stranger, we kind of just click right past it. When in reality, these are the things that are affecting other people and that are affecting uh, the world. Because Mm -hmm. if, if pharmaceutical companies, at the end of the day, they have this gigantic power over us right they tell us that to take this or to get this and do this Mm -hmm. and this is going to help you but in reality uh the side effects are far more severe than is showcased you know you go to the doctor and the doctor's like oh you'll feel good it'll numb i know when i got in my horse accident they're like oh here's vicodin um and i'm like oh yeah i don't even remember my two weeks laying in bed but it's things like that that they don't give you the details Mm -hmm. but then something like this along the way occurs and it's like, well, how come there was nothing sent home? No, like, Hey, this can be a side effect. And, you know, just to the family or to the spouse, um, be aware of it, be aware that this can happen. Um, but I, you know, as a sibling myself and as an older sister, um, I sit here and I, I listen to you and I'm like, fighting back the tears because I love my siblings. I would give my life for mm-hmm. them. And um, so I just like, as a big sister coming from another, like I, you are strong and I idolize you and what you're doing. Don't ever stop. You're giving him a voice, um, but he's always with you. And I think, you know, I hope come, um, what is June 13th? Yeah, June 13th. That we all come together and just celebrate and rejoice um, in his light. Because, I mean, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for, you know, um, taking the time to just let us know about your brother's story and bringing awareness. And, you know, hopefully it does save other people. Um, And I know it will, because when we touch one life, we touch many. Right. And I, I, I just want to say thank you for bringing me on here to talk about this. Um, and then thank you to anyone who signs up and and becomes part of it. Um, you know, really it's just, it's sharing. If you share, if you do this workout and share my post or share anything about it, you know, someone's going to see it. Multiple people are going to see it that you have no clue are battling the same thing. Um, people think like, oh, I have no ties to this. I don't know anyone going through it. I guarantee you do. There are just so many people, so many places that are ashamed and won't talk about it. So let's use social media to do something about it, to make a difference, to make, to make a change, to, to help people instead of, like you said, just sharing like the funny stuff, which is great. But why don't you want to help make the world a better place? getting on and, and complaining about this and that, whatever, like, do it, do something, you know? So I just ask that people can get out of their shell a little bit, maybe just share, just share the story. If that's all that I can get from you, (laughs) like, you know, just, just means a lot. Yeah. And you know, if you need to modify, you can modify. I mean, there's different ways, there's different ways to show your support. I showed my mom, you know, the workout. I said, Hey, what do you think of this? And she was like, um, (laughs) I "I swear you can do it. I will show you. (laughs) She's just like, okay, Jacqueline. (laughs) She's trying to make me sore over here. What did I do to her? (laughs) (laughs) So like, I mean, it's just, it's something you can modify. Anyone can do it. Um, there is also a spot on there where you can donate. Um, and then there's the headbands, which, like all of this money is just going to um, such a great cause. And I just really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen to this and to make a difference. Yeah. Again, thank you. But before I'm not going to close yet. Um, is there anything else you want to share about your brother? Anything? Any story? Um, any little thing? This is your time. I I'm not. There's no time limit here, uh, but I do want you, whatever is on your heart, um, 
share? Oh gosh. <laughs> this is like one of those times where it's like, I'm almost speechless just because you, when you want to talk about somebody you love that's gone, it's like, you want to say everything, yeah. but how do you say everything at once? It's just, it's, right. um, I think one, and this keeps coming to me while we were talking is a quote that I saw, um, a while ago. And this actually to me means a lot because I went to, um, I have a science degree and I worked in the laboratory and everything. So science, it, it means a lot to me. <laughs> and the quote was your inability to grasp science is not a valid argument against it. And I, I don't know what that originally was for, but to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like to the people saying, well, just don't do it again. Well, these people deserve this. Just don't do it again. That is like, I'm like, you don't, the science of it is, it's, it's a disease. It's a mental disease. The, the surgeon general has said, you know, this is a, a mental illness. It's a disease. Just think about that a second before you start judging people, you know, mm -hmm. um, you, like I said before, you don't always know how somebody fell into this, into this path. And it's not always by choice. Um, but Joey, man, I just, this is the stuff that makes me emotional. <laughs> he was literally like the most proud of me of anyone. And, you know, your parents are always so proud of you, but Joey just, he always, always like always told me and he'd always like, like if I accomplished something, like he posted it on his like social media, he told his friends, like he texted me, I just told everyone that you did this. Like, I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. Like I, you know, you were my role model. Like I hope one day that I can accomplish as much as you. I just have all these texts I saved from him that just, I mean, just show what, what a wonderful person he was. And it's not fair that I had to lose him. It's not fair that the world had to lose him because you know, the person sitting there saying, well, it was his choice. Well, guess what? He would have dropped everything and done anything to help you out day or night. You know, he had a good heart and, and I just wish people would um, learn to drop the stigma and learn that this can happen to anybody. Now I have to ask one question. Did he do like MMA or cage <laughs> yeah. fighting or because I'm like, I'm going to ask about that photo because. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that was like the scariest night of my life. <laughs> he was like, I'm okay. So he was like, I'm training for this MMA fight. And I was like, Oh, um, okay. Like, you know, he'll lose interest, whatever. This isn't going to happen. Yeah. Well, fight night came <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, uh, my girlfriends and I went to watch and I was like, oh my God. So there's the cage and then there's this like area around it and which is like VIP, you know, I don't know. This was the only one I ever went to. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like standing at the edge and the bouncers are like, you know, blocking the little area. And I, my brother came out and I just like pushed these dudes out. I was like, that's my little brother. You need to move. I can't, I can't stand back here. And they were like, uh, okay, go ahead do whatever you want. <laughs> I was like, I am so scared right now. And, uh, it started and it lasted literally 10 seconds. Joey like had TKO, like knocked this guy out immediately oh. and just like one. And I was like, Oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah. that picture. I'm like, okay, like I know we're UFC MMA fans in our house. And I was like, okay, I got to ask about that photo because yeah. he was all <laughs> happy. His hand lifted up. And I was like, I think okay. the adrenaline really got him too, because after that he was like, all right, I'm retiring. <laughs> Go out on top. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is so yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> he just always liked to try new things and and uh, you know, he he just was so fun. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, he has uh, a win under his belt, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ten second win. That's cool. So yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um 
Is there anything else? I don't, I, you know, I'm going to get off of this call and then be like, oh my God, there was like 10 things I wish I would have said, you know, <laughs> and I actually hate hearing my voice too. So I'm like, uh. <laughs> I don't like hearing myself talk. It, it really, I have to tune myself out when I go, like, I'll always re-listen to all the episodes during yeah. like a workout. Like if I'm like bodybuilding, I'm like, yeah, can you shut up? Like, I'm like. <laughs> Okay, I know I'm about to stop talking right now. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm like, I mean, I like to talk, but I don't like to hear myself talk. That's I'm like so always funny. making fun yeah. of myself. I hate hearing myself talk. That's oh, hilarious. That's <laughs> yeah. No, but I I mean, like I said, it does take a lot of strength. And I'm I'm glad that you came on here and shared uh his story and you know, you being a part of that story. But also I hope it came same. out the way I intended it to. Um this is a very like it's very hard to tell a story when your emotion has has the memories, basically. I don't know how else to say that. Like, you know, when it's something um, factual or like, I read this book and it's about this, this, and this. Then I tell a story that it's like my heart was in and I can't, I'm like, what? when was this and what happened? And, you know, it's just a roller coaster. And I'm really sorry if it was jumbled or if it was up and down or if there was too many ums, you know? <laughs> you know, and the beauty about this podcast and I was telling my son's jujitsu coach yesterday because he does privates on Tuesdays. And I was like, because I had asked him, I said, well, when are you going to come on here? Because he does a lot of, um, when we go to privates, he talks about how he was bullied. So it's a good, um, see, I'm um now. <laughs> it's a good balance. Because mm-hmm. Lincoln listens to mom and dad, but he's like, oh, okay, it's my mom and dad. But he listens to coach and it's like, yes, he's right. right. So he talks right. about case like scenarios with bullying. But anyways, the point is that it's your story. You get to say it how you want to say it. Like, you know, whatever yeah, comes to your true. heart at that time. Um, and I think when everybody's going to listening to this, I know if when I go back, I'm be like, because <gasps> like, it's just <laughs> So much emotion and you can hear it in your voice and, you know, it's talking about a sibling that passes just or any, a family member. Um, but I feel like in my heart and I was telling you this earlier, when you lose your parents, all you have left are your siblings. Um, right. And to me, that's why my two crazy ones and I love them to death. Um, I don't know how I could continue without them. So mm-hmm. hearing you talk about it, I'm just like, you know, it, it hit home. Whereas like, I can't even fathom the idea. Right. Um, no, I, that's exactly what I still like. I, I, it's unreal to me still. Like, I mean, I just can't believe it still. That's, um, that's when you lose somebody like your sibling, it's like that every morning, you know, you, rem- you remember, but it's like every thing that happens in your life and on they don't get to be a part of it. They don't get to know. He doesn't know my husband. And that is just insane to me. That's just so crazy. And I, I just, I can't, it's like my brain doesn't understand it. Um, you know, I have to think like, he doesn't get to, you know, know my girls. He doesn't, um, he's never been to this house that I live in. Like, it's just, it's, it's so, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't seem real because they were such a big part of your life, such a big part of your heart, just everything. They knew everything about you. And now like I'm living this life that I don't get to tell him about. He doesn't get to learn about. He doesn't, you know, it, it's the hardest thing to describe, but it's this weird. I think about these things all the time, you know, like it was hard when I moved out of my mom's because I'm like, well, I feel like I'm leaving him. Like I'm leaving the last place, like I lived with him, like, you know what I mean? Right. Um, actually. And when he passed away, he had, um, this white Silverado and I ended up taking it and driving it for the next year. And I actually had to sell it because he off-roaded it a few times (laughs) and what it was, what it was costing me to fix these little things that kept happening was not, if 
financially <laughs> worth it. <laughs> um, so I had to sell it, but that was, that was, that was hard. That was hard because that truck was like him, you know? And then that whole like song, like I drive your truck and all this stuff. Like, I just am like, I, that song just like puts me into a complete <laughs> wreck. Um, but things like that, like every time I'm driving, I see when I see that year, uh, Silverado, I like, I, that's all I see is my brother coming down the road, you know, like covered in mud, just being his goofy self. And, and I miss that so much. Is there a quote that you want to end with? Maybe if you know any of his favorites or a line or um, a phrase. That's so he had one quote he would always say and put everywhere. And then he had a tattoo on his back that I actually got on my leg. Um, his back said, uh, courage and strength in Italian, um, Coraggio e Forza. So he had that put on his back. And then um, he would always say, if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you do good. And that one just always made me laugh because you know, he would always mean like when he would be all like be <laughs> ready to go, you know, if you look good. <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> but I honestly, like I do, I think about that all the time. Like um, courage and strength, you know, he left that for me and I hold on to that dearly. And then that, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you do good. I think those are both important to me. If you guys don't already follow her, like I said in the beginning, and I'll add all the links to this, uh, the synopsis under this week's episode, but make sure that you give her a follow at miss underscore jacked. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, well, I didn't mean for it to be like that. Like it's just, I my know name. It's your name. That's why I think it's so funny. It's so great. But for the street parking community and just, Everyone that's listening, really. Um, she is a mom of two beautiful little girls, scientists, a realtor. Um, she pretty much does it all, right? And then she's an advocate and um, bringing awareness to um, overdose and uh, opioids and just, you know, addiction. So, um, and obviously she has her husband who he works out with you too, right? Yeah, we actually met at the gym. That's how we, oh. yeah. <laughs> that must've been your brother's doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I would awesome. say so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And actually, his name is Joe. And then we named our, our first daughter, Mila. Her middle name is Josephine after my brother. Oh, that's, okay. That's beautiful. <laughs> and you. she's so cute with her little Thank weights. <laughs> I cannot get over. Well, your girls both are just so adorable, but the video you had, I think you posted it yesterday or the day before. Oh my. I'm like, I really want to comment on how awesome you look with like sun's out, guns out. I was like, but really your daughter still just Joe. I was like, how can I say this with like being really, really nice about it? I'm like, you look great, but your daughter's like, so I'm just going to tell her. You don't. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Like, it's it just like, especially girls, they're so sassy. Everybody's like, oh, how is it having like, you know, your pair? I'm like, well, my son was God sent. And then, well, my daughter, I mean, I love her to death, but it's Sass. like, you can't tell them anything. Ever. No. And then the walk. And I'm like, who taught you to move your hips like that? Because I don't walk like that. I've always like been like, you know, the tomboy and like hid in my hoodies. And she's just like, what, what do you I know? I'm like, what, what's all this head movement? And like this, like hand talk, like what is going on here? That is hilarious. I feel the same way. Yeah, I'm like, man, what did I do to deserve this? I thought I was a good kid. I didn't give my parents headaches till college. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, they're fun. Oh, it is wonderful. Yeah. They're a whole different story. I'm yeah. like, when boy, when mom, like the whole boy mom thing or mom yeah. of boys, I'm like, you then just count your blessings because you don't got girls. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, it should be like hashtag girl mom because 
Yeah. They're yeah I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're fearless too. I'm just like, why would you even think about doing that? Like what, what okay. makes you think that's okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I know. Like, I'm like, what, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> why? Oh. Especially in the garage. I'm like, can you not play with that barbell? It's going to fall. Yep. It fell. Okay. I told you it was going to fall. Thanks oh my gosh. Yeah. Everything. Everything. <sighs> Nervous <Gross>. wreck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for being on here. Um, thank you for share, taking the time to share your story, to just let us know a little bit more. Um, I hope you guys felt as connected as I did while Jackie was telling her story um, and just giving her brother a voice. Um, and may we come together come June 13th and don't modify if you don't have to, but crush the wad. Uh, I know he would want every one of you um, to do so. But also, if you can't um, sign up for whatever reason, please post to share on your stories. It takes really one click, um, just one click away. Go to her page, her Instagram page. Um, you guys know what to do. Just share it. Um, it really, like she said, maybe you feel like you don't have a connection towards it, but most likely there might be someone that you don't even realize that is struggling because it is very much going on in the United States, in the world. It's more common than people realize. Um, we just, it's just one of those things that we like to shove under the rug, um, and pretend it's not going on. So um, for the street parking community, you guys, if you don't already follow her, make sure you give her a follow. Everyone else that's non-SP, I know you're listening to, please give her a follow. Please post and share. Um, I'll also add not just her link, but she has a direct link for the sign up in her bio, in her link tree. Um, thank you to Seb. Thank you to Hope United, right? And you guys yep. can follow yep. them too. Give them a follow. Um, they're doing everything possible to really make this world a better place as well as Jackie. So let's come together and bring light because as always, when one domino falls, the rest follow. Um, and I think this is something, like she said, it is a mental illness. And a big part of that is self-acceptance, admitting to that you have a problem. Um, and with self-acceptance, everything else follows. So in reality, when we go through like a, well, my one of my last... It was episode 12, a fellow street parker who was addicted to meth. She, um, like she said, it's about self-acceptance, but you don't realize it. Sometimes it's too late. Um, and she lost her best friend. So, um, side note, what you just, you just reminded me of when people are supporting somebody going through addiction, there are support groups for those people too, which I didn't know, but I hope United also runs support groups for family members who have people going through addiction. They have support groups for people who have lost, you know, family members. Um, but that's a big thing, I think, because it is very, very, very stressful and taxing and, and, and painful to watch someone you love go through it. So I think that's a, a giant thing for people to look into is, is there are support groups for family members, for friends, for people watching or trying to help the other person. Oh, well, that's awesome to know. That's really good to know. Um, mm -hmm. I think, and when you get support, you're able to continue your support for that other person. Correct. Um, and also one last thing before I close here and then chat with Jackie some more. Um, I came across this before I hopped on the call and it said, one of the hardest things was learning that I was worth recovery. So if you're listening, um, and you're going through something, whether it's an addiction to a drug or just addiction to whatever you might be facing, just know you're worth recovery. Um, you're worth living. You have worth. You always will and you always have. Um, so with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you each week for listening. Um, and I hope this one brings you, shed some light and also just, oh, I feel like as humans, like we should be able to open our hearts. And so I hope this was one that you guys take uh, with you and realize that there is people facing struggles and many times you don't even realize it. 
um, everybody can put a face. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you again, Jackie. Um, and we love you. I love you. Um, and I'm just so thankful to have you on and that you said yes to sharing. Um, your Thank you so story. much. Um, so last but not least, let me drop you guys some discount codes. The spring collection, Born Primitive Spring Collection is here. You guys can shop with my direct link. Um, that's in the synopsis as well. Um, things kind of changed over at Born Primitive. So now we have a direct link so you can save automatically at checkout. Um, the colors are wonderful. I mean, spring collection is my favorite each year. Then you can head over if you don't like apple cider vinegar, you can head over to Goalie and Save using at Lincoln's underscore treasures. And then Wad and Done, save using treasures 10, stop tearing, save your hands, do yourself a favor. I haven't torn in almost a year since using Wad and Done. Last but not least, give a big follow and support to the UR Brute Force community, um, as well as, and I said this last week, but also street parking. Please don't forget to follow Jackie, follow the journey, and also don't forget to be a part of her brother, Joey's memorial wad. Okay. Let's all come together and shed light and just really rejoice. And, you know, I think we can all agree that we can add some extra happiness in our lives, especially considering what <laughs> the last year brought. So, um, again, I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful, a wonderful rest of your week. I cannot talk now. I love you guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, bye.